Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win it real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. And happy 2017, everybody. This is the first episode airing in the new year, which means it's resolution time. I have mixed feelings myself about resolutions. I rarely keep them. I joked to someone the other day that if I ever wrote a memoir... People always base memoirs off their journals. I'm like, I could write a memoir of all the Januaries of my life because (laughs) I pretty much was the type of person that was like, I'm going to write my diary every day this year and have a lot of like January 1st through 14th. So (laughs) as you know, as you hear today, the guest I have today is laughing in the background. I'm going to introduce her in a second. But as you know, I'm not a great cook, but I'm working on it. And I thought... When it comes to resolutions, you're thinking money, you're thinking food and wellness, and you're probably thinking maybe career. So we tackled money with Bobby a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that episode. And today we're going to tackle food. And I have with me today the food director at Real Simple, Dawn K. Perry, as she's known on Instagram. Hi, Dawn. (laughs) Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. She's many other things. She's been like, she's triple trained in chef, chefing, and (laughs) she'll tell us about all of her qualifications. (laughs) She cooked for all the presidents and the royals, and um, no royals, she'll tell Sam. you exactly what she actually did. I'm just <laughs> saying she's one of the most accomplished cooks I know, and I learned so much from her. She does a Facebook Live every Wednesday on the Real Simple's Facebook page, where I've learned so many really important basic skills that everyone should know. So my thought process today was, if you're someone whose resolution has been eat better, maybe something about getting fit, maybe you just want to pack your lunch every day, but you need to start building up those fundamental skills as a home cook. Dawn is going to help us do that. She's going to help us create a plan for those first two weeks in January when you really need to set up those good habits, or as Dawn says, set yourself up for success. So welcome, Dawn. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show. So why don't you tell people for real, like where you went to cooking school? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I just think of you as the most accomplished chef I know, but you can give real answers to that. The other cook friends of mine are laughing and laughing. (laughs) Um, No, so I, my undergraduate degree is in film production. No wonder you're such a Facebook Live natural. So when I got out of school, I wanted to make nature documentaries. That honestly makes so much sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like rounds out this yeah, picture. Yeah, everything just, every, did everyone just hear everything fall into place? That <laughs> big noise you just heard. Okay. So that was the plan, but um, I ended up moving to San Francisco after school, and um, I did an AmeriCorps program there, which if you guys don't know, it's like domestic Peace Corps, and um, we were doing a lot of um, conservation-based education for middle school kids. So we were planning community gardens and talking about conservation and sustainability and doing that in San Francisco where everyone is really food obsessed in the best possible way. Um, It was hard to live there and not become food obsessed myself. So it's interesting to have this conversation today because that was when I was needing to learn how to feed myself, which I really got out of school and didn't have a clue. Um, But I was into cooking. I liked it. I liked making stuff with my hands. And I got to a point where I knew I was going to have to go back to school for something. And so I thought, huh, I think I'll go to cooking school. (laughs) Now, this is my favorite thing about this show is the point when you learn in every episode, no matter what we talk about, in every episode, you learn that like, what you did in college doesn't determine what you do out of college, doesn't determine what determine what you're doing 10 years down the road. And I'm sure everyone listening agrees with me. It's the best thing to hear in the world for when you're sitting there thinking, I don't know what I want to do with my life. It's January 1st. 
where am I? What's going on? And it's like, well, next year we could be making nature documentaries. Like, right. who knows? And I feel like that's still, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like, what is this, 14 years in yeah. from going to cooking school? Like, I still think like, what do I want to do when I grow up? <laughs> Which is crazy because in my head, you've been cooking like real important big Thanksgiving meals <laughs> since you were eight. <laughs> Which I guess isn't the case. No. So as people know, I do a lot of research before these shows, and that's why I knew all this about Dawn beforehand. Um, so where did you go to cooking school? So I went to cooking school in San Francisco. It's called California Culinary Academy, mm-hmm. um, but it's a Le Cordon Bleu program. Um, and I think it was it was either 15 or 18 months. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um but I really, San Francisco was such a great place to learn food because they have access to so much, so much of the year because it's that Central California Valley is so fertile. So you just, you have some of the most inspiring food minds cooking out there and with access to all of that amazing produce, it's a pretty inspiring place. So when you, just like you said, when you were learning how to cook, getting into cooking, what was like, do you remember the first really intimidating thing that you kind of tackled and and cooked really well i was gonna say killed it but i don't want to imply it was meat or something i do remember i remember cooking a lot in this one apartment i had that i lived with um with jenny pinot she was still jenny pinot who actually sam you remind me a lot of um thanks we, i get that a lot <laughs> so why <laughs> so we get we um we were living in an apartment on pacific street near taylor in san francisco and Tom and Betty Wong were our landlords. They lived upstairs. And I just, I was cooking a lot then. And we ended up hosting Thanksgiving. And it was, you know, a typical recipe for disaster. Like the morning of Thanksgiving, we decided we needed to have a turkey and we went to whatever store. That was the most delicious bird I think I've ever cooked. Really? I don't know what it was pumped up with, but it was... (laughs) moist and juicy. I have no idea how long it was in the oven. We sort of lost track of time. But that was the thing I remember, like, there's no way this is going to work out. And it did. And you're someone who your method in the kitchen is always just, you know, recipes are there as guidelines. Have fun with it. Get inspired. I mean, you're the first person I've cooked with that's really like, if you put in an extra teaspoon or whatever, go for it. Watch, use your eyes, use your nose, taste things. Whereas I'm very scared to go in the kitchen because I'm like, something's going to burn or not work. And then something usually does because I'm I'm a little too, I'm wound a little too tightly for the kitchen <laughs> is what I've learned about myself. And honestly, I do think cooking can kind of unwind that part of us, mm-hmm. like me too. Um, and the more you cook, as we've talked about mm-hmm. in the kitchen together, the more you cook, the more comfortable you are with making mistakes and learning how to fix those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I say every Wednesday on the live show, the recipe is sort of a roadmap and it'll get you started, but it doesn't really matter what I say. You know, like I'm going to cook how I like and what I like, but you have to cook yourself to learn what you like and how you like it. And that's all that really matters. And that makes it makes it so much easier to do things and more fun. So let's talk about building the basics in the kitchen. Okay. So all the people listening who are like, yes, this is the year. I'm going to make lunch every day. I hear you people. How are they going to do that? And and do they have to do it in a mason jar? <laughs> no. And let me tell you something. I know mason jars are popular even on our own website, <laughs> but those things are heavy. So. Yeah. I would say one thing if we're talking about packing lunch, yeah, straight ahead. Um, 
You know, like the deli containers, that's what we call them in the industry. The deli containers you get like, I don't know. um, That coleslaw. Hot and sour soup or yeah, anything from the prepared food section of the grocery store. Those are really your best bet. Now you have a whole drawer of those. Yeah. For (laughs) for packing. Oh yeah, you saw. (laughs) Don, I'm not like (laughs) breaking into your house. I was there. (laughs) Anyway, those are absolutely your best bet for packing lunch. They seal really tight. You can just wrap them up with plastic wrap if you're not sure. Yeah. Um, They're dishwasher safe. Yeah, I mean, mason jar is great, especially if you're concerned about plastic, but they're so damn heavy. It's just not worth it for me. Well, I just think it's like when you're starting to learn how to cook, if you get really excited about cooking and you go to Pinterest and you see the like zoodle with sesame tahini dressing and baby radishes in a mason jar layered in a rainbow. And it's like, how can anyone cook when that's that just doesn't that doesn't that goes away very quickly? Yeah. And I mean, those guys, remember, those are prepared by a food stylist yeah. or an illustrator. Like <laughs> if I were doing it at home, like that's not how it looks. Yeah. But something I've been telling Sam a lot lately is soup is a really good place to start, mm-hmm. um, both when you're just kind of like learning the ropes, cooking and when you want to just get in a routine, whether it's packing your lunch or like not getting takeout. Mm -hmm. Um, Make a big pot of soup. Soup is so hard to screw up. I'd say start with a pureed soup. That is easy. You start with a base, onions, carrots, celery sometimes, but you can just start with onions, fat. That means olive oil, canola oil, uh, or butter. You saute the onions till they're soft. Add a chopped vegetable. Any chopped vegetable. That can be a can of tomatoes chopped carrots, a bag of frozen peas, three bunches of spinach, a quart of stock. Let it simmer till the vegetables are tender. Remember, we've seasoned with salt and pepper, right, guys? Right. Simmer till tender and you puree it. And that means put it in a blender. It means put it in a blender or a food I'm just assuming that all the people listening are like me. Totally. Who today today was like... All these people were asking, we did a, a soup today on Facebook, and a lot of people were asking about an immersion blender. And after the hour-long segment was over, I said, Don, what's an immersion blender? <laughs> yeah, guys, so if you need, I don't know, if you're looking for streamlined equipment, mm-hmm. those of you who are living in small spaces, an immersion blender is a great, great tool. Um, I think they're like 55 bucks, absolutely available. Bed Bath & Beyond, 20% off coupon. There you go. Don't go to Bed Bath & Beyond without a 20% off coupon ever. <laughs> we actually have one in the pages of Real Simple Yeah, now. that's a that's a lesson from the Minda Handbook. That's my mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. That's you don't If you don't have a 20% coupon, you have no business going to Bed Bath & Beyond. Dismissed the at the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, an immersion blender is just like us. It's a blender on a stick. So rather than transfer your soup to a blender puree it, you know, stick it back in the pot. You just stick the stick in there and zip it around and you have smooth soup. Now, the other thing, you don't have to do pureed soups. I will say most soups should start with onions. Okay. That's That's kind of like my only rule. I feel like anytime I go grocery shopping, that's the one thing I get every time is I get a bag of onions. Yeah. And we can cover pantry staples um, in a few minutes, but... Because Don's like, Sam, I've been meaning to talk to you about like the weird things you get or this, the potatoes that have been sitting in my fridge for three months because I got them and I got really excited. Yeah, guys, don't keep your potatoes in the fridge. Oh, no? <laughs> no. Cool, dry place. Cool, dry place. Cool fridge. Cool. Yeah. Uh, like um, under the sink or like in a, in a pantry. 
Under the sink. You can't do under the sink in my apartment. It's a scary place. Okay, I actually don't enough. like opening the, that cabinet because <laughs> I opened it once and a cockroach came out and I haven't opened it since. <laughs> We've all been there. It's been really bad. Okay, let's, before we get to pantry staples, which I do now, I realize we have to talk about, talk to me a little bit more about tools. So we said an immersion sure. blender is good for streamlining, but what are like, give me like five things that everyone should go into their kitchen right now and check to make sure they have. Okay, I'm going to do... Um, you can do six if necessary. Well, I'm just going to do sections. Okay. So knives. Um, I think chopping is a thing that people are really intimidated by. And I do say this a lot on the live uh, Facebook broadcast. It really doesn't matter what knife you get. Mm-hmm. Keep it sharp. And you pick one that's comfortable in your hands. I like a lighter knife. The one I always recommend as a starter knife is a Victorinox, um, but one with a thinner blade. Um, they sell one with like a two-inch heel, but I think like the one-and-a-half to one-inch one is a little easier to handle. But it's up to you. Go to any kitchen supply store, hand like just hold a bunch of knives and see what feels comfortable for you. So I think you need three knives. You need a comfortable chef's knife. You need a serrated knife. Not only if you're like buying loaves of bread and slicing it yourself, but like slicing tender vegetables like tomatoes or even like peaches. Um, a serrated knife will be easier to get through those. Serrated has like the jagged edges. Yeah, on the it has teeth, like shark teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I like one with an offset blade. Victorinox also makes one of those. And then a paring knife. Those are the tiny knives. The small thing. It's like the side, the blade's about the size of your finger. And that's good for small work. Um, so you want to pick the right knife for the job that you're doing. So that's the knife department. Okay. Pot and pan department. I think you need three, maybe four things. Okay. You need a big pot. Sam needs a big pot. Uh, yeah. Anyone listening, I don't. I have a very small one. It's always anytime I'm cooking pasta and I live in one room, a one room apartment. Anytime I'm cooking pasta, I go across the room for one second and I'll hear this. As the water pours the over like, the And sides. I'm like, no! <laughs> and I have to run back and everything's overflowing. So but it works. Here's the thing. Even if you're cooking for one or two small batches of stuff, get the big pot so you can make big batch stuff like soup, like grains, freeze them in smaller portions or, you know, um, package them up in smaller portions so they're ready for you to grab and go. Same goes with like pots of rice, farro, quinoa, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's certain things, and Sam and I will talk about it in a second, things you can make in bulk to kind of help get you through the week, especially if you're talking about success in the first two weeks. Right. I think the Upanishads say something about like it takes 21 days to form a habit. So maybe we could talk about like the first three weeks. Yeah, I've heard 21 days. I've heard 21 days yeah. is the thing. I don't know who the Upanishads are, <laughs> but I have heard 21 days. Yeah. So, okay, so big pot. I think that's essential. I think a large skillet, The what, what I like is a cast iron skillet. They're very inexpensive and you will have them forever. It's very easy to find out how to take care of them if you look on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing is you don't want to scrub them and you don't want to leave them wet. Um, if you leave them wet, they'll rust. But you can find nasty cast iron skillets at yard sales and stuff and bring them back to life. So mm. I think large pot, cast iron skillet, and then I think a nonstick. Mm-hmm. Why? Because eggs are 
like a single person's best friend. Yes. Also, eggs are a tired person's best friend, <laughs> um, like a cranky person's best friend, That's a true. sick person's best friend, a heartbroken person's best friend. So, so good. What an ode to eggs. <laughs> it's really true. So I think a good nonstick skillet, that's where I do all my egg cooking and also fish cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three, those are your three pots and pans. So three knives, three pots and pans. I might be coming up with like a new rule of threes. I know. This is fun. This is great. And then um, mixing bowls. I think those usually come in a set. I think the main thing to consider with mixing bowls is your storage. We have a set of stainless steel mixing bowls in my apartment, which I'm not crazy about, but they fit perfectly <laughs> in our like IKEA uh, auxiliary storage area. Mm-hmm. So we keep them. So just think about that. I don't think you need a ton of mixing bowls. Same thing. I think you need like a large, a medium, and something, you know, cereal bowl sized, but presumably you have a cereal bowl or two that you mm-hmm. could use to make salad dressing, to whip the eggs before you scramble them, to like make a quick yogurt mm-hmm. swirly whirly thing. <laughs> right. So now so, we're at three mixing bowls. Three mixing bowls, three pots and pans, three knives, anything else. Other equipment stuff, just kind of like in that crock by the stove. Yeah. Um, a good pair of tongs. None of this stuff, guys, is expensive. Yeah. A good pair of Amazon. tongs. Amazon. Also, if you want, if you're at the kitchen supply store trying out the knives, pick up the tongs and test the tension. Ones that are really like tight can hurt. <laughs> like if you're doing like a lot of turning and stuff like shrimp tongs wooden spoons are super cheap i'm sure your moms have like four extra she could give you one a whisk is sort of secondary i think yeah tongs and a wooden spoon come on you need a third a spider there you go so i do like the spider it seems sort of esoteric but it's not spiders usually come on like a long wooden handle and then it looks like a mesh like a uh hand-sized mesh circle great for fishing out like vegetables when you're blanching them like broccoli even peas if you get a spider with like smaller holes great for pasta Mm -hmm. so yeah wow surprise third there you go three three and three so that's all the supplies you need to get started and i will say something i've learned from you is always err on the side of like the bigger pan because that's one of the lessons i've learned from you that changed my cooking which is that i was Everything was getting a little overcrowded and claustrophobic when I cooked. Yeah. And that's why things were not turning out good. I mean, they worked for me, but like. (laughs) Yeah, because skillet wise, I'd say, I'd say 12 inch is a pretty standard size size skillet. um, And you'll have room for like four chicken breasts Mm -hmm. or like four eggs, I think. Earlier today, we were making grilled cheese sandwiches, but that was a 10 inch skillet. It Mm -hmm. was like a little tight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, twelve inch skillet is a safe place, and then nonstick. You know, it's kind of up to you. If you are a single person, an eight inch skillet, nonstick skillet will probably be fine. If you're more than that in your household, just get the twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have the supplies we need for the kitchen. Yeah, what's the food we need on our grocery list every okay. week? So onions for me. Onions, I think, are they are so inexpensive, and they add really big flavor to like a bowl of rice yeah so I, think, I mean i put onions in everything yeah i think onions are a great bet garlic i always have also you want to think about things that are going to last mm-hmm. so onions potatoes garlic keep them in the pantry keep them in a dry place and they should last for weeks refrigerator items 
I'll come back to the pantry. Refrigerator items. Um, there are also things that will last longer than others. Carrots will last a really long time. Yeah, I can vouch for that. Yeah, broccoli tends to last a really long time. Eggs, I always have a dozen eggs, like I said. Um, eggs are at every, every person, every, every version of a person's best friend. Yeah, they'll, they'll save you a hundred times over. Um, <laughs> or at least a dozen. At least a dozen. I like a hard cheese. Um, like, and that just means like Parmesan or like a sharp cheddar. Yeah. So the cheddar type cheese is great for like making a grilled cheese sandwich, um, eating for snack. (laughs) And like, like, I'm listening to you talk about the foods you need. And I feel like one of the misconceptions of becoming a home cook is that you need like a fridge that's bursting at the seams. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, other things to have. This is why you sort of you sort of have to start doing it to figure out what you need and like, how much you actually eat. And it's I remember moving apartments at some point and just like for whatever reason leaving everything behind and slowly realizing like oh like I need Dijon and like oh I didn't realize <laughs> I was using Cholula three nights a week. So part of it is just starting and yeah. you will find out. It's annoying at first because you're like oh, I was just at the store. Yeah. But you'll start to weed out what you need and what you don't need. But um, other things in the fridge, Dijon mustard, hot sauce, I really like. Um, I got a lot. But if you have (laughs) one that you like, just get it. Um, Mayonnaise, if you're like a sandwich builder, but also works for grilled cheese. As we found out today. Um, For like griddling stuff to a golden brown, nice, nice. Soy sauce, something in the fridge door that I Mm -hmm. like. Those are kind of the basics. Then circling back to the pantry, olive oil. I cook almost everything in olive oil. Same. But if you're the type of person who does like a lot of high heat cooking, stir fries, or cooking with like aggressive spices. So Indian food, um, where you're toasting a lot of spices first, I would also keep a neutral flavored oil on hand. That just means vegetable oil, canola oil, safflower oil, all fine all really inexpensive, and you'd want to use those because olive oil, when you taste it by itself, it's pretty strong in flavor. Mm-hmm. But the others um, are neutral, so they won't mask the flavors of all those spices and other good stuff that you're throwing in. Vinegar, for sure. Yeah, I, that's something I don't have in my apartment yeah. that people have mentioned. This is not the first time vinegar is coming up in my life. Yeah, I... People have talked to me about this. I think if you're going to buy one, get white wine vinegar. It's super versatile. You can use it to like balance soups that we talked about, to make a great salad dressing, to marinate chicken with like a little bit of mustard, salt and pepper and olive oil. It's also pretty mild in flavor. Now, if you want to like build on your vinegars, which you will when you start to cook more and more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have white wine vinegar, red wine vinegar, rice vinegar. Okay, but guys, Don also has Don also has like bread yeast <laughs> leftover, like <laughs> Don, we look in Don's kitchen. She has what is that thing that you have left? Starter, start yeast starter or something. It's bread starter, whatever. Sourdough it's, starter. Right. It's she has she does she has enough room and and intelligence to have like the starter version of bread and the regular bread. <laughs> <laughs> like she, so that we're different there. But we'll, I'll get. I'm going to build on my starters too. But I think one vinegar, white wine, or red <laughs> wine vinegar is the way to go. But again, you'll figure out what you like, but you have to just start doing it. And so let's, I feel like what people are going to start with, and vegetarian or not, is I feel like people start with chicken, they start with pasta, Mm -hmm. they have like their eggs, Mm -hmm. 
and then they have like maybe they'll do a fish if they're there. Like I I like cooking salmon because it's very easy for me to tell when it's done. Yeah. And I just don't feel like it's difficult to mess up. So those get boring really, really fast. Are do like fun things that you do that people might not think of that you add to pasta or or like go to meals that you make that are really easy or any way to like I think that's the problem with cooking is you get bored of it if you if you're too scared not yeah. the problem with cooking the problem with beginner cooks yeah I think we my husband and I really make just like variations on the same stuff like right. over and over again like we are not reinventing the wheel every night of the week so what are the building blocks of your dinners then pasta for sure so. We riff on this same pasta, which Sam and I have made together. Which so, I now riff on. I'm okay, guys. I'm going to teach you something now. Don taught me about blanching, which all that means is pasta's in the water boiling, and you just put vegetables in the hot water at the same time, and it cooks the vegetables. Okay, so variation on the same pasta. So blanching is actually just cooking the vegetables in salted boiling water and then shocking it. In ice water. Why do we shock it? To stop the cooking. Because everything keeps cooking once you take it out of the hotness, um, including you guys. That's why, like, when you go to the beach, you burn. Including you guys. <laughs> like, when you burn yourself. All you listeners cook <laughs> also. Like, when you burn yourself, you got to get your finger in ice water right away until it stops feeling hot. That's when you know you're fascinating. You're out of the woods. Okay. You guys are just like vegetables. <laughs> It's true. We're actually meat. <laughs> Fair. Gross. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is how the pasta goes. Okay. A little bit of olive oil in the large skillet. Okay. Let's pretend. Just got home from work. I put on a pot, a big, a big pot of boiling salted water. So this is the new thing that I think everyone should try to do that we said, to, like, you decide what you're making. If it happens to be pasta, like, that should be one of the first things you do when you walk in the door if you want to become a cook or else you're... You're going to sit down on the couch, you're going to turn on the TV, and you're going to it's going to be cereal for dinner. Just get started. Like, if something's not on the stove with fire, it's nothing's going to happen. That's <laughs> that's my thought process. It's true. It's, it's real. That's a real life lesson. Okay. So you've come in. You wash your hands. You put on the big pot of <laughs> boiling salted water. Um, you get out your large skillet and a little bit of olive oil. I like to start with a little cured pork product. Okay. Vegetarians, you can skip this part, but a little bacon, a little chopped pancetta, a little sausage taken out of the casing. Cook, 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 cook till crispy. Some of that delicious pork fat's going to render into the skillet. It's all that flavor is then going to be in the pasta in the base. So the meat comes out, then in goes alliums. That's just a fancy name for the onion family. So what? it could be leeks, it could be onions, it could be shallots, it could just be garlic. So you slice those up. So those go in the pan. Then I'll add a little tomato product, whether that's in the summertime, I will like chop up a tomato and throw it in there. Um, in the winter, I might use like a squirt of tomato paste or a can of like a small can of, of whole peeled tomatoes that I break up with my hand when I add it to the skillet. I cook, I cook, I cook, let that cook down a little bit, and then I add other vegetables. And, like, once you master that basic, then you start to have, like, a lot of – and then you start to be able to look at your pantry and say, like, actually, I could put this in the pasta tonight. Exactly. And like, I could put – oh, like, I have leftover this. I could put this with three other ingredients, and then you become kind of like the Harry Potter of the kitchen. Exactly. Don's never yeah, read Harry Potter. I'm reading it now. <laughs> I am. I really am. I'm in the – he just got assigned to his house. Oh, you have so far to go. <laughs> so 
The other thing you're going to think about is your spices. So that's the thing that really opens up your cooking and really turns you into a wizard is learning to combine spices to create these different flavor profiles. That's kind of like, we'll talk about that in June, maybe <laughs> like after you guys have been at this for a bit, but start what you've start with what you've got, but spices that you probably have that you can add a cinnamon stick. To pasta? Surprisingly delicious in tomato sauce. Okay? Wow. A little bit of crushed red pepper flake for spice. Mm-hmm. Um, oregano. Most of us have it. Other things. Lemon zest. That's something in equipment that I didn't mention is... A zester? A zester or a grater of some kind. Um, but I think that makes a huge difference in your cooking. Even when you're cooking really simple stuff, if you can... Add a little bit of freshly grated citrus zest. Add a little bit of nutmeg. I will encourage you to buy whole nutmeg and use that. No, Dawn's really because sh- tell them how long spice lasts. It's really disheartening. Like six months, you guys. So don't get excited and buy every spice you think you need. Guys, like, I've had the same basil thing from McCormick's or something for like since I moved to New York two years ago. Guys, do yourselves a favor. <laughs> When you go to see your parents the next time, go look in their spice cabinet and just be like, guys, this has to go. (laughs) But see, the thing about buying like fresh basil is they make you buy a whole, make you buy 25 leaves of it at the grocery store. Why not just use them? In what? In the pasta. All 25 leaves? Yes. Or use the basil as a salad green. This, I think we should do this every season. That's maybe what we need to do. Yeah. You'll have to tweet at me and tell me about how your cooking is going and and what you need Dawn's help with next. Yeah, because I think we should maybe come back, talk about like beating the winter blues. We're almost there. Spring is coming. Right. We're there. I'm buying in some potatoes. Um, So, but for now, I just want you to get in the kitchen and start doing it. You will screw up. We all do. I do. I walk away from the stove. I burn nuts. It's just like part of the deal, but you have to do it to get any better. And what do you do? People are cooking for themselves. We got a lot of single people that listen, and I live alone too. You lose the motivation because you're not cooking for a friend. You're cooking alone, and you're kind of like, "Man, it's just me eating this. I don't need to spice things that no one else is eating this, but me. I don't need to spice things. I don't. Who am I trying to impress? What? What are? How do you keep the motivation alive? No, I think that's a really good point because I know when I lived alone, I was not interested in cooking for myself. Right. Um, it's so much more fun when you have an audience. It's it like, really oh, is. Wow, this is so good. How'd and you it's do it? fun to share it with right. people. And it's fun to eat with other people. Um, and this is one of the reasons that like prepping ahead makes life and cooking for yourself a lot easier. So right. I still try and do it, although sometimes I feel, but get ahead on the weekend. All that means is roast a tray of vegetables, like more than you think. So I would say like for a standard, you know, rimmed baking sheet fill it with the vegetables in a single layer that means chopped broccoli chopped carrots um squash beets peppers i mean really whatever it'll all roast and my friend mark Bittman gave me a hard time uh because he was like i'm so tired of seeing roasted vegetables on everyone's tables all the time but like that's his fault like he (laughs) taught us that like roasting vegetables is really easy which it is. It's so, the best. It's it's a really good gateway um, to cooking vegetables. So you roast a tray of vegetables, you cook a big pot of grains. That means rice, farro, quinoa, whatever. Again, make, don't just make one serving. Make at least a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at least a cup, I'd say, every time you cook it. It's also really hard to cook a half a cup of rice. No <laughs> one's talking about it, but it's really true. You heard it here first. Yeah. Why so, I struggle with cooking half a <laughs> cup of rice. The unheard struggle. So, okay. So then you've got your grains. That's another pantry item you guys should always keep on hand. Whatever you like. Um, I would pick a couple of kinds. Canned beans also. And then you're good to go. Okay. So then you come home Tuesday night, went to the gym, or you're exhausted or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just hungry. I like need something. You warm up a little bit of your grains Vegetables go on top, you fry an egg, you either drain your can of beans, toss with a little olive oil, salt and pepper, put that on your rice bowl, or you like pull some of those basil leaves and tuck them in for flavor. Hot sauce on the whole thing, good to go. Dinner's done. And that's like, that's what I've learned so much from Dawn and why I wanted her to come here today is because there's way too much pressure on your Instagram feed and on your Snapchat to cook like things inside of things in rainbow layers in spiralized shapes. And it's so much more fun when you're just like, what do I have? And like to let yourself just be, it's kind of fun when you make something out of a really empty fridge and pantry. Like I did, I'm leaving at the time this episode is being recorded. I'm about to leave to go out of town for a couple of days. And I had a lot of fun over the last week being like, I got to cook through the rest of my fridge. So like I had some weird pasta dinners. I had a weird hash thing that I just like cracked the rest of my eggs over. As Dawn will tell you, it burned a little. Um, and it's more fun than looking up recipes and being like, oh, I don't have this remote spice. And like, mm, I don't have like a high powered Cuisinart blender with a special blade. And it's more fun to just be like, oh, yeah, I have beans. And like, what about these leftover things from the Thai place? And like, exactly. that's better. And I mean, I want you guys to know that's how I cook in my real life. I am not cooking from recipes. I'm not like plating stuff and like eating with napkins. You know, it's <laughs> like down and dirty. We got to eat that. That's actually the title of Dawn's memoir. I'm not eating with napkins. <laughs> Um, I'm going to interject with a funny story. <laughs> Great. So this wonderful family, I worked for several years as a private chef. And this wonderful family that I cooked for in San Francisco, I, you know, made a bunch of stuff. And I just, she had told me when I started uh, working for them, the, the mother of the house, she said, oh, we're very casual. Just, you know, serve. You can use these things to serve and these things to serve. So I just kind of put things on or in um, the right sized dish. Um, mm -hmm. And one day she came back to the kitchen and she said, so um, why did you choose to, to use those dishes together? And I was like, oh, I just, you know, like that was the right size for the spinach. So she's like, okay. She's like, because we, we do have um, dishes that match. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I just, you know, you had said you guys were pretty informal. And anyway, we worked it out. But later on, relaying the story to my dad, I was like, you know, th I thought they were informal. And he was like, Don, he's like, I'm informal. I'll eat off a napkin. <laughs> so anyway, know that, like, your food does not have to look great. It just has to be what tastes good to you. Um, a lot of weeknight cooking for, for like, professional cooks and, and smart home cooks is assembly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, other things you should have on hand, bread that you like or like tortillas, okay, rice quick cakes. Quick question about bread and tortillas. 
Mm-hmm. How do you feel about storing those in the fridge? I think you should do it. Okay, because that's what I do, because or else it grows things. It grows things. So I say bread, if you buy loaves of bread whole, slice it and put it in the freezer. Or even if you buy sliced bread, I just put it in the freezer. You know, like the first day or two, keep it out because it's nice to have fresh and then stick it in the freezer. It'll wait for you. Tortillas, keep in the fridge. Um, They tend to not defrost well, Uh. but keep them in the fridge and they'll last almost forever. Um, Quesadilla, that's another thing the cheddar is good for or those other hard cheeses. Um, But yeah, like things on toast, a perfectly (laughs) acceptable meal. That means peanut butter on toast with a drizzle of honey it means like cream cheese with a drizzle of honey and some salt like this isn't fancy it's just it's just getting in the habit yeah. of making your own food and getting in the habit of like the other night i had a super proud moment where it was i was this close i'm pinching my fingers really close together to ordering my go-to thai order and i was like you know what i know i have pasta i know i have stuff in here and sure enough did pasta basil mozzarella cheese tomato sauce and i was like i feel great and i it didn't take as long as in my head it was going to take six hours that we also have to get past that i think (laughs) the idea that (laughs) cooking automatically takes 45 hours it's true and like any habit it's like a muscle you have to exercise and then it just becomes muscle memory yeah you're like oh right the cheese and the herb and the thing and it was great and like what's your formula A, a thing a thing what is your thing a thing and a thing with a nice salad. A thing, a thing, and a salad. So, which which often means like a protein. One of the things is a piece of protein. So, yeah. a piece of fish, salmon, cod, a handful of shrimp. Right. Piece of chicken, whatever. The other thing is usually like a starch. So, it's like roast potatoes or boiled potatoes, make some rice, make a grain, and then you just like you have some greens on the side drizzled with olive oil, squeezed lemon, salt and pepper. A thing, a thing, and a salad. See what I mean? Don's other memoir. <laughs> <laughs> and Don, I loved I love listening to you. I love learning from you. Um, and I do want our listeners to tweet at me at Sam Zabel to tell us what else they want to learn from you in the future. Because I think that's great. You should come back. Yeah. We should do level two. Totally. You can see what Dawn eats every day on her Instagram at Dawn K. Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, and comment below on all of her Instagram posts and tell her to post the recipes if you like what you see. <laughs> and if you don't like what you see, you will. It's all beautiful. You'll like everything Tough. you see. <laughs> she, she's great. Anyway, Dawn, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks and for having me. as it stands, I am going out to dinner tonight, but uh, I'll, I'll cook tomorrow or something like that. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Sam Zabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our producer, Jordan Bell. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to review and subscribe in iTunes. I'm Sam Zabel and I'll see you next time.